Hello, my name is Akeem Brown, and this is Akeem's Dream Show. You may be wondering what the hell this podcast is about, I'm still trying to figure it out. Well, all I know is when I got a lot of ideas in my 20s, I wrote them down. And in every episode, I'm going to try to unpack one of these ideas and theories, as well as interview people I find really fascinating. Ideas about the end of sobriety, suborbital travel, NFTs, salt and pepper, and really anything else that I find that tickles my fancy. So strap in for a fun ride, and I hope you learn something new. Let's take it up a notch. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Akeem's Dream Show. And today I am joined by a very special guest, my good friend Kyle Smith. And today is very, and this podcast and this episode is so important to me because Kyle Smith was on the original, he was my first guest I ever had on the show. So Kyle, thank you for coming back once again, just to help, help me round out the 100th episode here. Honestly, I am very honored, and I actually didn't think of that or realize that. I thought we were just going to get together, chat, like have another updated kind of like, because people have guests repeat on podcasts all the time, right? 100%. So I was like, oh, sweet. Yeah, I'm freaking totally down. But then when you were like, because you were the first guest, let's do another to get the 100 the hundred before the end of the year. I was like, oh, what? Yeah, I, was, I got pretty excited about that, actually. It was pretty awesome. Absolutely. It's December now. We recorded our first uh, interview uh, back in February, I think. So it's uh, a lot has happened and which is going to be a lot of the questions I have in this interview and I've been able to absorb your social media and you have so much energy and so much good vibes and you help help with so many people so let's just jump into it for the, with the first question mm-hmm. Kyle would you lose all your strength if you cut off all your hair <laughs> <laughs> no I definitely wouldn't if anything it is certainly made me stronger, but I, I think I, I got the gains for life now. Well, where, what is the source of your power? Because everyone wants to know. Everyone, I think some people believe like you're like Samson from the Bible and your power comes from your hair growth. Yeah. Because we're getting suspicious. We've never seen you without a beard. Maybe it's part of, your, maybe it's part of the power. Too. Maybe you get some of the power somewhere else. Well, I would say beard gains are at least 5%. Okay, gotcha. Without a doubt in my mind. Um, Automatically, some of the strongest people on the planet have beards. Some of them are women. Mm, Okay. Just joking. That's not true. It's okay. Well, peach fuzz counts. Peach fuzz, yeah. (laughs) Totally. So what we're saying here is there's at least a 5% correlation between power and strength and the amount of facial hair slash head hair slash body hair you have. Yeah, absolutely. But outside of that, um, it, it would go a little bit more internal and a little bit deeper. And I believe that consistency is an average over time mm-hmm. and people should not get upset if they miss one day because we're aiming to get better. Right. And right. I just focus more on the consistency to get things done mm-hmm. than how I feel that day to get things done. Kyle, how about we get serious right now? Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts on holiday calories? Oh, they're awesome. Honestly, uh, summer, summer, bodies are built in winter. Hmm. Okay. So are they built by refining the diet or are they built by gorging? Definitely not gorging, maybe a little bit of a healthier route, but at least being, I, I think people will gain about five pounds over the holidays with stress and all the different places they're going. I, I, I really, honestly, 
I, I feel, I, I find that when you're searching for fulfillment rather than satisfying a want, that's a little bit of a different. So let's say, for example, you're, you, no one should take away mowing down some freaking Christmas dinner because they're so close to their diet. They're, that's not going to be a fulfilling life. Right. They may want the results that they're aiming for, for like their, their bodies or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe even not. Maybe they're just like freaking down for whatever. But even if they're, someone's aiming for their ideal body, quote unquote, whatever that is, mm-hmm. that's also taken away from the simplicity of fulfillment in that moment of like hanging out with family, friends, just like chillaxing and enjoying food. The pursuit of diet should not encumber your healthy lifestyle when it comes to the holidays, enjoying mm-hmm. a few pints, having some big dinners, right? Especially if it's Christmas time. Should people strategically diet and maybe go into the holidays with a bit of a deficit? Would that make sense? Or do you, have you heard of that before? I, I've heard of that before, but I don't, I don't think people need to worry about it. I think people need to be more mindful. So it's not about the amount of calories that they're eating in those like times when you're with friends and family, mm-hmm. right? You can still, cause I think Christmas dinners are some of the best. Like you get starches, you get carrots, you get Turkey, like one of the leanest meats. Right. Okay. You, yeah. So good. really it's like, it's people put like, put on some weight, but it also goes pretty quick, but it's the sweets and stuff that, right. And the ch- alcohol, the chocolates and the Baileys and, and the, the Baileys. Yeah. Um, I was going to pick up a ball tonight. Kyle, I saw you posted something about Squid Game. Oh, yeah. So if there was something called Kyle's Game, <laughs> okay. what, what would that consist of? <laughs> something called Kyle's Game. Do you want to go with the same like kind of format as Squid Game? Sure. Like, but what would the competition consist of? Uh, I, ooh, I, I think mm, it would be tough to come up with a list of things, but I think something that if you – if for any event that I would pick up or like assign, I would, I would think of what am I, what is there a 50, 50 chance of me succeeding? Okay. Cause I think as long I, my two rules, when I really want to challenge myself mm-hmm. and I think my thing is always, I always want to challenge myself and others. Right. So I would never tell someone to do something that I wouldn't be willing to do myself. Correct. And so that's just ridiculous. But if I were to come up with it, I know the premise would be if folks thought it was, 50% like possible or not, but that's the first rule. And the second rule is you just don't die. So in your <laughs> game, would they die or would they have to do some like physical feats to strength? Uh, it would go, it would start with physical and then it would just, that would be the purpose of that would to break down the mental and hopefully they don't die, but that's up to them really at that point. That's an uncontrollable thing. What a benevolent dictator you are. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> My generosity knows no bounds. We are blessed by the, <laughs> thank you for sparing us in the Kyle game. Honestly, like I know I'm the, the first most humblest person on the planet. So, but you know what? I think you're definitely up there for number two. <laughs> Kyle, I will make a blood sacrifice by this time tomorrow by 6 a.m. sharp. Oh, that's, that's so exciting. I will go out to our draws and do find a goat for your, for your, for your highness. <laughs> nice. Now that we've moved on from Kyle game. Mm-hmm. Uh, what is more important for people to think about feeling their way into acting or acting their way into feeling acting their way into feeling 
Okay. So people ignore feelings 100% when it comes to... I would say 100%. Acknowledging is very important. But going, going into that one, I actually love talking about that one because there's the dichotomy of facts versus feelings. And people believe that feelings is a prerequisite to acting and to working. Mm-hmm. So people believe they have to feel motivated to be motivated. They have to feel ready to be ready. They have to feel confident to be confident. Right. But the thing with that is that it's taking away from the facts of the situation and you can choose to perform well, despite how you feel. Right. And so I, I like to say that if you break, if you break, if you're not feeling a hundred percent that day and you're only feeling 40% that day, mm-hmm. just give a hundred percent of that 40. Okay. Why do you think people think that feelings precede actions? What, what does I, that stem from? I think it's just something that we, we've always, we were raised with. Like I, 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 unless people actually learn it, like for myself, until I actually learned that concept of the dichotomy between facts versus feelings, I was like, what? We actually have a choice to like do the work, even if we don't feel like it. That's uh, and to me, it was like a red pill, blue pill moment. Right. Is that a synonym for discipline? Exactly. Acting into feeling. Yeah. Carl. Oh, but going, yeah. going on to that one though. Yeah. Discipline is important. But it's also scary, and that's why I like to have the reframe where discipline is like, oh, I got to do this X amount of days in a row, but it's not sustainable. It's not right. very approachable, and if anything, if you want to do that as a challenge, that's cool, but people don't have the plan after the challenge. Right. And that's where people start going, spiraling downhill, mm-hmm. and that sucks because then it goes into a cycle of results and uh. Uh, going back to where they were before because they didn't come up with a plan for afterwards people are thinking of the now 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 and it's like okay so after you do your 21 day cleanse are you gonna go back to eating your food it's no or like your shit food i mean not healthy food it's kind of like uh lottery winners mm-hmm. where it's it's a statistic where lottery winners and within the first year go bankrupt correct and it's because they didn't earn it mm-hmm. and i don't mean like earn it as in just earn like money or or like over time. I mean, as in they didn't respect it because they didn't go through the effort to get there. Right. So that, so what I would like to say as well is that consistency is an average over time and everybody's going to miss things, but it's, it's what you're wanting to get to at the end of the year, for example. Right. The average over time. I like that. The ability to stay uh, um, at the task over long periods of time. And if you have one or two slip ups, the average will still be super high. Um, I like that con- the concept, Kyle mm-hmm. diet is superior to sleep. Change my mind. That's the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. Like, honestly, I'm, I'm not even, I'm the first person to say I'm no sleep expert, but I can tell you that if you're not getting enough sleep, then you're more likely to mess up on your food the next day. Think mm-hmm. of think of a shitty sleep, right? And let's take like a hangover out of out of the situation. Mm-hmm. If you're only getting two hours of sleep, you're not feeling refreshed. You don't have clarity. That's where you're more susceptible to emotional eating. Mm. So if your sleep is shit, then your eat is shit. Would you say that it's impossible to have a good diet without good sleep, or it's hard? 
because I thought diet was mm. the catch-all, right? If you have a good no. diet, but you don't sleep enough, you're still not, it's about being a calorie deficit at the end of the day, doesn't well, irrespective of how much sleep you get. I think, I think it would also break down to like the quality of the sleep itself. Hmm. But you can also use food to get a deeper sleep. So I would say if I were to pick one, I gotcha. would pick, I would pick sleep for sure because we spend a third of our lives in bed. All right. We also don't spend a third of our lives eating. Well, speak for I'm yourself. I'm just not sure. I, speak I, for yourself. That's possible. Uh, well, you're yeah. probably right. Yeah. Yeah. Probably not. Yeah. Can't eat. Well, if you're up. I have, I have zero idea of like that statistic. That's a ridiculous one. I think we eat probably two hours a day. P- probably. Something actually. like that. Yeah. So what Except is that? One twelve. Well, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Then we, th- we uh, get those, those rookie numbers around the holidays. Right? You yeah. got to pump those up, buddy. Listen, John, so you want to work at this firm, I don't need you to work, at least eat at least four to six hours a day. Yeah. If you can't fit into your suit next week, we got issues. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> when it comes to diets, mm-hmm. everyone's focused on food, where they get their food from. My question for you is, is there a correlation between someone who's a really good cook and someone who is healthy? Or let me, let me rephrase, does the chances of you being healthy and fit raise with your skills in the kitchen? The second part was a lot easier because I, I know a lot more cooks that are like occupation mm-hmm. there is cooks and they're for the most part less likely to eat healthier Gotcha. because they've already been cooking all day mm. and they're more likely to pick something up. Right. But I do think that there anyone who's worked in the restaurant industry previously, I actually, I actually like to say that eating healthy doesn't suck. People just suck at cooking. It's true. Yeah. So anyone that goes through either culinary training, they're going, they're they were a cook at any point in their life working in the restaurant industry. If they did, oh, some of those cool like events where you go and you learn from like a chef, like where you can do like a date night and then learn that way. Yeah. Then I think it's when people learn. They they're more. I I think when people are more within the process mm-hmm. of creating something like taking all these ingredients and turning it into a meal, mm-hmm. like the meal is great. But I think when people fall in love with that middle section, right. that's where the game changer is. hundred percent. Yeah. I hear a lot of people say, Oh, eating healthy is taste disgusting like vegetables. And, and I think it's because to your point, people don't know how to cook healthy food in a tasty way. So if you think that all, all your f- taste comes from sugar, fat, and salt, you're correct. But that doesn't mean that those elements and flour, can't be. actually. And flour. Flour is pretty up there, too. F- as far as the flavor goes? Oh, wait. Actually, no. no I think right. it's sugar, yeah, fat, yeah. salt. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, you're totally right. Um, so I think if you can incorporate those one. things. That's all good. That's why I'm here. Uh, Fair. The, I think if you can incorporate some of those things into your cooking for healthy foods. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, yeah. Okay. I'm glad I got your perspective on that. Have you ever heard of the Hard 75? Yeah, uh, from uh, yeah, I have. So and he's freaking badass. I'm, honestly, his name is like missing to me right now. But the hard seventy five is pretty legit. Okay, it's like, legit. It's 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 hard. It's difficult and it's doable. And the thing I love about it is that it is something that's so difficult. And I love like the savagery behind it. Okay, because that's something that I'm drawn to. Because like we're in a quote unquote comfort crisis. Right. hundred percent. And 
people need like we're we're actually moving and of course this is with hunter gatherers like our primitive ancestors and stuff like that we're moving around 14 times less because we get more transportation, we get all these other things. So we live, we need that physical outlet, which is crazy because when we do physical activity, it actually increases the size of our hippocampus, mm-hmm. which is connected to, I believe, learning and memory. Wow. The other thing, so that's, that's actually one of the many reasons as to why physical activity, walking, mm-hmm. for example, simple. People are always thinking like crazy workouts, like hard 75, 75 hard but it could be something like walking and that physical activity is what increases the hippocampus. So if you're do- listening to an audiobook, then your memory and your learning while you have like bilateral stimulation where both sides of your brain is like okay. uh, working together to, to create something. So the thing that's interesting with that is that when we are in a, I like to call it a bout of depression because everyone feels depressed. There's people that have circumstantial depression and then there's also a pre-genetic, pre, pre, genetic predisposition okay, gotcha. to depression as well. Okay. Uh, and so the thing that actually happens with our hippocampus when we're in the depressional bouts is our hippocampus shrinks. Mm. So the thing that I think is interesting, as a, like, a personal trainer, my first thing is like go for a walk, like do a physical activity. Think of any time you've ever had an argument. Right. How many times have you had an argument and you thought to yourself, I should have just went, went for a walk and breathed? Mm-hmm. How much better did a conversation go, quote, quote unquote conversation, go when you did a walk first, then a chat? Right. Right. And it's not, and it's not just because you went for a walk. It's because what you just said, it, what it does chemically in your brain with that, uh, the hippocampus. So, uh, it has to do with the stress threshold. Mm. Because when you're actually working out, you're, yeah. Like clients, when they first start with me, whether it's in person or online, and I kid you not, this is, this is legitimate. They actually message on like a phone or we're just chatting. And they're like, do, does exercise ever get easier? And I say, no, but life does. Ooh, that's a bar. Right? That's a bar. And then they're like, oh shit. And it's because they're building up like their mental resiliency, their be- mental, like their stress threshold. Mm. And you can, going back to what I was saying That's about really like good. the comfort crisis, when pe- people are not going through those thresholds, mm-hmm. so their level of stress is super low. Right. So that's why we have to do physical activity because we're all, be- unless you're like a gardener, hunter, whatever. Mm-hmm. Outside of that, for anyone that's really living in any urban area or living in a city or living anywhere that has a grocery store, really, their stress threshold is super low. So then that's why there's been a huge increase in like mental disorders. Correct. Like you said, we're moving 14 times less than we used to. So uh, that can't be a coincidence that people have more, way more mental disorders. And you couple that with the social media and all the the apps and the phones comparison syndrome comparison syndrome it's i mean like we're in a petri dish and uh we're being experimented on daily and i guess the the, why you why your uh your career and what you're doing is so important is because you're helping people you're giving people the best shot to kind of hedge against that predetermined fate which is exercising right so yeah that's huge um what are some of the biggest blessings you've had from uh 2021 Wow, that's such a cool question. Oh, I love that. Okay, biggest blessings of 2021. 
uh, I got to the root and the foundation of what I want to bring into 2022. And that's going to be, that goes into what I was saying before. I want to build up a lot more mental resiliency. Okay. But I just want to do more things that are new Mm -hmm. because I just want to have, uh, I just want to have more experiences and it could be something simple like pottery. Okay. It doesn't have to be something physical. It could be something, I just want to suck and then get good at things. Okay. So casual recreation, stuff like that. Yeah, exactly. Like even if it's a sport or something like that, like. Good for you, man. Yeah. And what, what kind of made you have that revelation this year? Uh, because I, I actually felt really comfortable to this year. And uh, I, I noticed like the year before was when I had my biggest growths. Right. Which was also the sh- shoddiest year for like everybody. Right. And then I coasted. And then I just realized I didn't like doing that. I don't like being comfortable because when I feel comfortable, I feel, I feel... Like not, yeah, not gross. Just like, I don't feel fulfilled. And like I said earlier, fulfillment's super huge to me and experiences. And fo- I just want to like have novel experiences because it's been shown that novel experiences is actually what helps us live longer. Okay. Because it helps with our uh, connections in our brain. Like I've, I've been learning a lot more about the brain and novel experiences is what huge makes us live longer. And that's why as we get older, it feels like the days are getting shorter. Like it feels like time's flying by faster because we're already used to those things. So having less and less, yeah, less and less. uh, I did a whole podcast about this whole concept of the time distillation and the longer we live, the faster time goes. And I have to check that one. I didn't listen to that one. Yeah. It's called dear time. Please slow down. It's uh yeah, episode two, 23 or something. Anyways, we, we have a great title. (laughs) Thanks man. Fuck. Just go fit yourself. But, uh, That's also a good one too. <laughs> yeah, um, you're slaying the names. Hey man, they could be. Anyways, uh, so uh, the uh, uh, so the, the faster we move through time, or sorry, the longer we live, the faster time speeds up. If you equate our experience machine, which is our eyes, ears, mouth, all our senses, how we experience the world, if you were to compare that to like a digital camera, uh, the digital camera through our five senses takes more snaps throughout the day when we're younger because we're having more novel experiences. That's right. Yeah. And the more we go into autopilot and into like routines where we have uh, our days mapped out, the less pictures we take. And if you look at like a, a vi- like a vision board or of your life, you'll notice there's less and less pictures as the years go on, which means it's faster. So look. that's why vision boards are actually important. Correct. Like if you look Possibly. at a, if you look at a board, What's going, to, what's going to take you longer to look at a pitch, uh, a board with a hundred pictures on it or a board with 10. Shit. That's why t- time speeds up. <gasps> That's actually freaking slick, dude. <laughs> yeah, buddy. I'm going to take that fun fact for later. Kyle. Yeah. Would you take on a client who likes beer more than whiskey? <gasps> why would you ask me such a horrible <laughs> question? You <laughs> sick motherfucker. <laughs> Well, on that note, I'm going to top up my whiskey real quick. Oh, yeah. By all means, buddy. I wouldn't be upset with either, <laughs> <laughs> to, to be honest. But I can I can pick one over the other, man. Because whiskey is, like, it's such an enjoyable beverage. And it's awesome on, like, camping. Mm-hmm. Winter, winter time. Like, it's beautiful. And beer's always good, too. I think I, think I would be... I think I would enjoy 
chatting with the whiskey drinker more because right. that person will probably have more stories. Ooh, this is getting K. And because beers, like, it wasn't until recently where craft beers became a cool thing. Right. And honestly, their labels sell me. The beer Every labels? Time. Oh, yeah. Every time. They're really creative. They're like art. They're like artwork. Totally. Yeah. But I, I think when someone, when someone drinks whiskey, and whiskey's been around for hundreds, hundreds-ish thousands. of years. Thousands of years. Mm-hmm. So I think someone who drinks whiskey will just have more stories to fit along with the whiskey. So it'd be gotcha. like, did you do the Glenfiddich rich, or dist, uh, like distillery tour? Did mm-hmm. you do Lagavulin? Did you do um, Ab- Aberfeldy? I think that the, the story comes along with the whiskey. I think the stories with the whiskey is 100% accurate. I also start, I'm starting to think too, though, because of the beer culture that we're starting to see, especially in Alberta and in colleges, that you're going to start seeing more, you know, fraternity parties, uh, those kind of things, like where they're crushing brews. Or there's some good stories that come out of beer. But like to your point, the, the rye, the whiskey, bourbon, scotch. Yeah, I think the, have I, a lot of stories to tell. I'll go with that one. I'll I'll just toss this out there. The quality of the story. Oh, gotcha. Compared to, it's like watching a comedy versus like a documentary. Mm. That's how I'm going to put it. And I think that's going to. Oh my gosh, that's probably the. I love both beer and whiskey. I just want to clarify that because that was probably the most weirdest sentence that I could ever say. I love it, man. <laughs> do you have any seasonal preferences for when it comes to your your lifestyle? Like, for example, do you? I know some people who only eat soup between the, between the first snow and the last snow of the year. Oh, that's an interesting. And they call it soup season. So, like, do you have any of those kind of interesting things? I think I would be up there as well. Mm-hmm. I, I love soup in the wintertime. It's just so comforting. It's delicious. I make my own bone broth, so I also oh, wow. just, like, toss those in there. But it's just crock pot style. So it's actually, like, you just take, yeah, I'm a seasonal guy. Okay. For sure. Because gotcha. crock pot, chicken, you can just tear a rotisserie chicken from the mm. store. You chop up a couple of veggies. Mm. You can just, like, take pre-cut veggies, mm-hmm. take some bone broth, you don't have to make it yourself and then just put it into a crock pot low for eight hours. There's nothing that doesn't taste good. Okay. That's, that's not true. There's very few things that don't taste good after eight hours in the crock pot. Mm. And I will actually toss out there. My go-to is chili. Chili. Yes. Okay. Yes, sir. Something more hearty. Yep. Because I put like, I do like a Rancho's Huevos. I'll pray for Kendra. <laughs> yeah, fair. <laughs> Good point, man. Good point. But sorry, continue. But uh, I do a, like a Rancho Suevos, which is basically chili and eggs. Mm-hmm. And then you can do chili dogs. You can put chili on your burger. Like you, chili is not only just something to be enjoyed by itself. It is an it is a condiment. One hundred percent, man. I mean, I did the chili dogs. That's like a Sonic the Hedgehog thing. Remember that? Totally. Yeah, yeah the, you'd always have chili dogs. Oh my gosh. He loved I, those chili dogs. What was up with that, hey? I don't know. Maybe he gave him speed because hmm. he was really fast, right? Calories is, it, is pretty good. Oh, yeah. Carbs for short bursts of uh, for speed. You know? Oh, yeah. You would get the fat from whatever's in the, ho- the smoky or hot dog or whatever. 100%. Those mm. kids in high school you chased down on the rugby field, they weren't eating their chili dogs. Before yeah, they no, they definitely weren't motherfuckers. <laughs> <laughs> Buddy, when no, you were in hot pursuit, man, you were just a beast, like a freaking wolf in the, in the woods. Right. Um, uh, yeah, that's fair. Good times. Uh, Kyle, what do, you, what, do you, what do you want for Christmas? What do I want for Christmas? Oh, wow. That's actually a good question. 
<laughs> you know, actually thinking about it because not going to lie, I'm like a workaholic. Mm-hmm. And what I, what I do now, I would definitely do for free. Right. That's good. And so I, I think I would definitely want a really challenging program, but that actually was like, some of it was challenging where it was like people just wanted to like really change things. But I, I would want like uh, a huge program where it would have like yoga instructors, dietitians, like the a fucking team. Okay. So it almost be like, uh, or, or I would want to be on, uh, it's on Netflix. I don't think they have another season, but it was Sylvester Stallone's freaking a personal trainer would work with their client. They would work out together and they would do challenges together. Oh, that would be fucking cool. Competition. I didn't even think of that. That's so cool. I would I would want to be on that one. But that would be fucking cool. That'd but it be would, sweet. It would basically be, have something to do with like fitness, like make uh, having an all star client there, or something like that. Just like mm. someone, someone changing their lives. Like that's all I want. Oh yeah, it's just pretty, you know, simple stuff. Yeah, run of the mill. I just change your life. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Have a good day. I'm a professional life changer, uh, bro. That's like, oh, what I do. Oh, seriously. <laughs> <just, laughs> <laughs> yeah. Kyle, your name is Scottish for straight or narrow. So. Oh, that's interesting. I didn't even know that. Would you say that that's accurate? A straight channel or a narrow? Oh, doubt, like a straight channel or a narrow. Yeah, is that accurate? So like a, a water, so like water. Yeah, like it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a river. It's, it's, it's a, not a river. It's a straight, like the English channel, for oh, example. Okay. Interesting. So you're like the English channel. Is that accurate? Do you separate two I powers? And if, they are, if so, what are the powers you separate? England, wow. England and France. That's a gooder. Shit, that's a cool one. Okay. Hmm. Ooh, let me let me go with the like. Like, if I were to think of the. The narrow itself, the straight, straight and narrow. Yeah, 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 yeah. The straight, the channel, or the, the channel. narrow. Yeah. There we go. I I would say. What are you separating? Or what do you bring? Yeah. Yeah. You know what? Actually, I think it would actually be, I, I, if I were to break it down in, in a way where I would go like more internally, cause I want to always work on the internal part. Mm-hmm. So I try to answer things internally and then my external answer would actually be what I think could possibly help others. Right. Uh, but I think, I think if I were to, if I were to break it down into a, it's going to be a weird one. So the channel would be the consciousness. Mm. And one side of it would go going back to the facts. And then the other side would be the feelings. Whoa. Whoa. Yeah. So, okay. That, so that was fa- a trippy so one. Hey, Engl- I thought it was trippy too. <laughs> England is facts. Yeah. Kyle, the channel is consciousness mm-hmm. and France is feelings. Totally. So honestly, I think that's also just accurate geographically too, because France is so much more sensitive than English. Then my brain's going to explode. I don't even know. We're we're, we're going there, man. Yeah, apparently. Holy smokes. But I'm fucking stoked. Yeah, man. Okay. 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 So, so, so you're the, so Kyle, the channel, the straight is Mm -hmm. synonymous with consciousness. Yeah. So. And self-reflection and introspection and stuff like that. So, so for someone to to cross from. Consciousness. So, so for someone to cross from facts to, uh, what was it? Feelings? 
facts and feelings. Yeah. Facts and feelings. You have to you have to dive into someone. You have to dive into someone's consciousness. Is that yeah. the gap? Yeah, I think so. So for, if someone's like in there, like a question I asked earlier was, can you act your way into feeling or feel your way into acting? That kind of thing is. So let's say act is synonymous with facts, mm-hmm. right? You can act on the facts, and feelings is France, right? So if someone wants to cross the channel of Kyle, they have to dive into the consciousness and their consciousness is where, uh, they go from, that's where decisions are made. Yeah. Mm. So I'm actually going to toss it out there to make it a little extra trippy. I'm just going to put a little cherry on top. Sure. I love cake. Nice. So imagine, imagine yourself as, or I guess I can either or whoever imagine yourself as, your consciousness, like your, like how you see yourself, that is your consciousness. That is the, that is the person. Mm-hmm. So for me, it would be like how I literally am just right now. Cause I imagine myself, right. But you're on a little floaty device. That's just a little bit closer to feelings mm-hmm. than it is facts. So people are more, so that's where you start Okay. in every situation, boop, like a video game. You're just, you're popped onto this floaty device. Okay. So then your consciousness has the choice of, do I listen to my feelings? Because let's be honest here, following our feelings is so much easier. Mm -hmm. And that's why the little floaty device is closer to France. Gotcha. But we don't want to, we don't want to wait until we feel motivated and we don't want to wait until we have the will or willpower because willpower is also, also finite. It's not infinite. Right. But we, that's, is, this is where the mental stress threshold comes in. Mm-hmm. You have to swim across the longer distance to the fact side. Then, you go from there. And that's why I think, I think this is first off a freaking crazy good analogy. So you have the, you have the straight, you have the channel on one side, you got France, you got the, okay, we're not going to fucking throw people off the bus here, but on one side, on one country, it's, it's, you have it's the emotional for bus. the example. Yeah, it's okay. Yeah. Okay. One side you have France. <laughs> okay, yeah. cool. And then you have the other side on England but your little floaty device where whenever a decision pops up, this is a bloop. It's just like your drop mm. when you're going into a video game. And so it's like you're your own RPG. I'm going to trip you out Whoa. even more. Let me think of this. Shit, give her. Cause I just tripped myself out with the RPG part. Okay. <laughs> All right. Give so her. you know why? Uh, so that channel is called the English channel. Would that mean that it would be the, the, the channel of the facts or the channel of the feelings? Fuck, I got nothing for this one. Okay. Okay, what so were you the, thinking? What was your, I think it's the, I think you are the, when you're helping people through their journey and they're traveling from France to England, yeah. from the land of feelings to the land of facts, mm. you are, in fact, the English channel, the, the channel of the facts. Yeah. Because you're trying to get people to the other side. So, what are I, your thoughts? I, I think if, if it was like from a coaching standpoint, is that what you mean? Yeah. Or like, yeah. How I got, I got something on that one. Okay. So from a coaching standpoint, other people's, my, my client's feelings. I love all my clients. Just going to toss it out there. But my, 
clients, <laughs> but my <laughs> but my clients, but my clients' feelings I don't take into consideration. I understand and I empathize, and I want to figure out that part too. That's for sure. Like every one of my clients, like listen, I'm, I'm I like really to go, I like to go to Paris to get a baguette sometimes. Yeah, there you go. There's nothing there wrong with that, you know. But the the thing that I think having someone to hold you accountable, and it doesn't have to be a coach. It could be a friend, family member, good friend. I think this is a good one. Like I said earlier, that little flotation device is a little bit over closer to feelings. Mm. When you have someone to hold you accountable, oh, this is going to be good. When you have someone to hold you accountable, that's the person on the fact side doing their best to pull that rope mm. closer to the fact side to hold you accountable. Gotcha. And tying hey. into that, it's okay whatever that goal is and that goal can go for whatever. Cause accountability is easily the, the best one for this one. Like I would say that you would be for sure my accountability for podcasting. Okay. Without a doubt in my mind. And I'm going to get a little bit more serious about it in the new year. So mm. we're, we're, you're going to be my accountability person. All right. But I think the thing that's really important is that even if someone doesn't believe in themselves, if they have someone to hold them accountable mm -hmm. for the time, or if someone else just borrow someone else's belief in you, yeah, 100%. until you until you develop enough of your own. And that's what Britain is. You're trying to pull them to the shore. You're trying to pull them to the shore, but it is it's it's just trying to, it's just trying to like get closer to the shore, but it's still the person's choice to jump in. So and it comes down to the individual. So as a coach, are you trying to help people live in Britain but vacation to France? Is that kind of your thing? Yes. Okay. Yes. Honestly, I have a trolley for that. Not a trolley. I have a... A boat? A boat, yeah. Okay. I have a cruise ship. It's a quick, it's a quick ride. It's a really quick ride. <laughs> Actually, I think it has the under, it has the underground... Oh, yeah. They have a, they have a, train, a train underneath the channel. So, yeah. yeah so, in, in my coaching world, I own that. Yeah. Oh. I get them there quicker. Gotcha. I like that. Yeah. And that's, that kind of brings idea. things full circle to what we were talking about before with like this holiday question I asked with holiday mm -hmm. calories. Mm -hmm. So you're living in facts land with like, Hey, like this is your regiment. This is your routine. This mm -hmm. is the process. This new lifestyle. You're uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but this new lifestyle you're taking on. However, on Christmas Eve and on Christmas day, you can go to France. Yeah. And new year's and new, new year's. year's. Yeah. yeah. Go to France, have your baguette, have your cafe, have your, uh, your dump, you know, go to town. All the goodies. Your, your duck confetti. All the duck confetti. Oh, duck, duck. Oh, it's where they. Duck confit. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> it's not duck confetti. Yikes. That's awesome. Oh, man. Honestly, I and just I'm actually a quarter take French. Yeah. I just want to take advantage of that. My because we're literally just recording everything. Oh, it's okay. Yeah, it's uh, so I fun. listen. I mean, uh, I'm a quarter French, so I'm incredibly embarrassed right now. But uh, dude, I'm not, like, I think I'm half French. Yeah. Well, of course you are, because you knew what a duck confet duck confet was, but I can't, <laughs> I don't even know what it is. So, That's oh, I've had it when I was in Paris. Funny story. When I was in Paris, how was it? Oh, dude. Oh my god. Okay. So like, I'm you know, be quiet. remember how I mentioned how the flavors come from fats, salts, and sugars? So. The fats and the sugars and, and all that stuff that come out of nature naturally is the best kind. So when we went to France, we were walking around Paris looking for something to eat. My brother goes, Akeem, 
uh, let's just get a pizza. I'm like, Dexter, I didn't fly across, excuse my French, halfway across the fucking planet to get a pizza. I'm going to go to a fucking real bistro French restaurant, if you don't mind. So he's like, okay, fine. We go to this actual sit down, like, you know, an actual French uh, bistro kind of like French restaurant and get a few uh, get a few drinks and then the waiter shows us the special of the day it's duck confit don't don't duck confit confit uh we uh, oui, uh, i would like the don't duck confit s'il vous plaît la la retro anyways so we, we get the duck confit comes honestly you're actually saying it often for i'm actually questioning myself because you were actually in france and you ordered it so now i'm like oh shit maybe i'm wrong hey man i was having a feelings day uh, so anyways <laughs> i was there <laughs> I was there, we were eating the duck confit, and this is how they cook it. So they have the duck breast, and the duck breast is really highly fatty. It's a really highly fatty meat. And instead of throwing away the fat and cooking the potatoes and the vegetables and it's like olive oil, they, te- they, they, they reduce the duck fat down out of the duck breast and keep the fat on the pan, and then they cook the potatoes and the, and the vegetables in the duck fat. So you have the wow. duck, and then you have the duck fat like essentially marinated or like you know it's absorbed all the duck fat flavor with a little bit of salt olive oil all that kind of stuff a little glass of red wine yeah man i could have uh i said dexter tell everyone i love him because if i don't make it tonight I, I i died a happy man you know what honestly i will actually definitely call it a duck confetti <laughs> because <laughs> how you described it i think i just tasted it and i'm like holy shit yeah maybe i'm wrong Dude. No, it's now called a duck confetti for the, for the rest of my life. Something about fat, man. Like, even in a steak. Like, oh. I love to make it on a, like, cast iron pan. I want to try one of those Wagyu steaks. Like, oh. I want to try, it's, I want to try, like, the big ones. Like, it's going to be probably, like, if I do something super insane kind of thing. Yeah, dude. But that's going to be a good one. How do you cook your steaks? I like medium rare. Gotcha. But, like, how do you, what's your process? Like, do you just, like, throw it on a barbecue or do you just grill it or do you do the thing? Ooh. The traditional way uh and i'll uh, raw and, yeah <laughs> what do you mean by the trish you don't need to cook it just give it to me now <laughs> well that's that's some people steak do tartare. oh yeah that's right yeah. yeah so yeah that is um, that is actually pretty common what i mean is uh if you get like a prime rib or ribeye you put it on you uh you know get it to room temperature salt pepper both sides mm-hmm. and then you uh get a cast iron pan yep. super hot I like that style. You put a little bit of oil in the pan and you put it and you sear one side, sear the other, and then you essentially reduce it down to like the the inside that you want. But Mm -hmm. while it's doing that, you put in garlic, thyme, and butter. Rosemary. And rosemary. Rosemary. Holy smokes. And then you just like, you just essentially just make love to the steak with the butter and the garlic. Yes. That's how I do it too. (laughs) If you're, because if you have a sous vide machine, Mm-hmm. Or if you uh, a sous vide where where you put the the herbs and the garlic and everything into the bag, you vacuum seal it. Oh, mm-hmm. okay. And then my sous vide thingy is not working. Oh, okay. It's being a butt, but um, you can get you can just make sure the temperature of the water is consistent. Mm-hmm. So if you have something like a simple dial where it's like like a medium, and then you just want to keep it the same temperature, it actually internally cooks it. To medium rare, hmm. solid. It's it's definitely like an extra step, but it makes it so you know when you cook a, a medium rare steak and it's like it's obvious sear, obvious like gray. Mm-hmm. Then it's mid rare. It's actually mid rare all the way through, Ooh. and it almost kind of looks like it's rare. 
and then you get the do the exact same process butter garlic rosemary thyme then you make love to it oh man yeah man oh i like that process a little more because then you're not guessing on like how like the, the temperature the temperature yeah totally because that's the one thing you gotta really be all hands on deck when you're cooking that steak if you don't want to like it's okay if it gets to like well done or whatever but it's you know part totally. of it is you know and you can be lazy with that process too because then you can actually put it in there and sous vide is like a labor of love you actually have it's almost like a slow cooker it's you're not mm. going to get your st- steak for another six hours Jeez. and then you try thinking about anything else hey exactly (laughs) oh my gosh i try to get so much work done but i'm just like even now thinking about it i'm like oh my gosh it's so delicious (laughs) oh it's like okay oh it's like back in grade six when you're looking at the wall waiting for 15 minutes to pass for math class to end and you're like oh i'm just gonna like put my head down and then i'm gonna pull my head up it'll be like end of class like you pull your head up it's like 20 seconds it's like god damn one of the things that's really cool about that though just toss it in there. I think people need to be bored more often. Okay. And what do you, what do you think? I'm going to ask you a question because I'm curious. What do you think about people being bored? Do you think being bored is important? Do you think people, and I think people don't like being bored because they have to have, int- or they, then they're forced into introspection and their own thoughts and their own realizations and they have to become self-aware. What do you, what so, do you so your question is, do you think people need to be bored more? Yeah. I would say... Because it's controversial. I like it. Yeah. No, I honestly, I, I've never really thought about it. I think that, yes, the answer is yes. And I'll tell you why. I think it's because you will put yourself in a scenario to experiment. I'm a big mad scientist fan where you're going to have to like think of... Think, think, think. Like be more introspective, think things through, and you'll you'll get into the space where you don't want to be bored again. In other ways, mm. so you'll have to like you'll have to get creative with your thought processes and your worldview. And uh, like they say, the devil loves uh, the, you know the devil comes uh, in a white calendar. If you have nothing planned or nothing scheduled, that's when the kind of devil creeps in, does the devil's work. I agree with that, and I totally agree. I, I think it's I think that's real because. Um, the devil, the devil loves idle hands. So if you are really bored, I think it makes your, whatever the uh, area of your brain is, which is creativity come on. And when you're creative, uh, you're in a, you're in a mad scientist slash experimenter mode because I think creativity is directly linked to mistakes. So if someone is, if someone is, yeah. So if if someone is really good at just being an experimenter, like I mean, when, during the pandemic, I I made I tried to make like two or three different inventions a week. Like I tried to cure water, uh, so I made a water coagulant that would uh, reduce the amount of dirt in water. What? By making by going to the bulk barn and buying all these different products, I'd research that bring down the dirt in the acidity levels in water, and I did that. So and you're trying to make it more basic or like more mineral happy? Yeah. Well, um, trying to remove the, um, the, um, the harmful parts of it. So what coagulants do is they go into the water and they attach themselves to the bacteria particles in the H2O, bring them down to the bottom of the glass. So you can just drink clean water. That's how a coagulant works. So essentially the application of this is someone goes into like a dirty lake bed in Africa or India and they want clear, clean drinking water. They put this coagulant tab at the top of the water t- uh, glass and, and it, it, brings, filters. it filters, it brings all the dirt down and then you can drink clean water. So I tried to invent that. But all this to say is 
I only be, I only started researching that because I was just bored and I started Googling stuff and I started, okay, I'm just gonna do some experiments. So I think boredom is a good thing. Um, sometimes the, uh, the bad side of it, I guess, is restlessness. Like you can get restless and you, and I'm not sure you mentioned about depression. You could, like, I've never really experienced long forms of depression. My depressions come in like half days. Mine are pretty, like, mine they're, are they're, like they're pretty mild. 48 at the most. Yeah. And those are like very specific, like, like, uh, just re- remembering people that have passed away. Sure. Yeah. So those are like mine. Yeah. So I know they're like 48 and I, hours. 48. Yeah. And I mean, for me, it's like half days. So I think that maybe sometimes my boredom is tied to that where like I start thinking, like, I think one of the worst things you can do is just start going through your phone and going to uh, old pictures. Because the thing that's interesting about us, our generation, I did this whole podcast about millennials and Gen Y and stuff, and how we kind of hit puberty as the phones were coming out. Totally. We we lived before phones existed. Before phones existed. And I think that the interesting part about these smartphones is uh, we are not necessarily, we've never had access to a database with pictures of our life in real time like that we could just look on at a moment's notice ever. Mm, that's like true. the only time we looked back was when we had family over and we pulled up the photo albums. Now you can look back at all the mistakes you did, all the things you should have done. Like, I mean, it's terrible. That's why tagging people sucks. Oh yeah. I like shit. I'm go- I'm ranting a lot, but I appreciate no, your I question. Think I think it's great. <laughs> I think it's awesome. Just turn into a freaking two part or whatever. But uh, yeah, that's so crazy. I, 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 I totally, I totally agree though. Like I, I think boredom is really important because then it spurs creativity. Yes. And we don't have, we don't have that much boredom in our lives because we always have automatic like notifications, prompts, yeah. things that we can always connect with. We can literally have a whole conversation via text, like, boop, 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 and then we organize things. It was like, Hey, I actually done done my stuff early. Cool. On the way over. Sweet. I'll walk by. Like that's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Yeah. It's nuts. Uh, like, I mean, what, where, what's the, what do you think the best place to be bored is? Do you think it'd be in the urban setting or in the rural setting, like in the nature setting? I would definitely say nature. Yeah. Because you're forced into seclusion. Gotcha. Yeah. And people don't like, and the, the, I don't know how yet. I don't know how I'm gonna reframe it. I don't know what I'm gonna be able to say. I'm not gonna. I'm not sure how I'm gonna be able to turn it into like tactical points. Mm-hmm. But I want to have a solution when someone says, uh, "When I." So my answer is like, when you go for a walk, then you have time for yourself to process things, to organize your thoughts, mm-hmm. to actually think about what's going on in that time. So that's how, that's my narrative of walks. Gotcha. So other, other folks, I'm like, just go for a walk. You'll have time with your thoughts. So maybe I actually need to explain it more. Mm, I like like that. Yeah. But I always get the response of that's what I'm scared of. Oh, having time with your thoughts, which is a legitimate reason to not do it. And I totally agree. And I can empathize with that. So now I'm trying to figure out how to not fix it because nothing's going to be fixed. And the stuff that I am working with is it's malleable, mm-hmm. but there's no such thing as broken and fixed. That's right. Yeah. Oh, wow. I like that. 
Um, Shit, I'm going to take that one now. <laughs> I didn't think that was going to be that good. It's the whiskey talking, buddy. It's yeah, the that's whiskey. fair. I'm just joking. It's, it's Kyle's brilliance, of course. <laughs> that's Kyle, fair, too. You're a brilliant guy. I'm not going to lie. Low key. Thanks, bro. Uh, I, I really appreciate that. I really do. Yeah. No, I think you are. Honestly, by every standard, I sucked in school. I actually it's told you earlier. Somebody else's metrics, man. Not mine. Yeah, that's true. I'm <laughs> going to share this one just because it's sure, fun. Sure, sure. It wasn't... I did not pass high school. Well, I did. But the only reason was, in social, I had a 49.5, and they rounded it up to a 50. And that's how I passed high school. You know what's, you know Proudly. What's, you know what's ironic about that? You, 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 the social studies they were teaching was so far, in a way different than the social studies you are now an expert in like you are a social studies expert bro you know think of that society how people think how people digest things you've kind of flipped that 49 into like a 94 holy shit (laughs) okay i need a high five for that one all right i didn't even think of that Wow. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Thank yeah. you so much, Akeem. Greatest that weakness like, in that the That is honestly system. like that hit my heartstrings so much. That is like that is a profound compliment. That yeah, is man. a profound acknowledgement. Not even a compliment. Acknowledgement. Yeah. That man. is like that's awesome. Fuck. Thanks, man. Yeah, of course, bro. Uh, I'm like on cloud nine right now. Hey man, ride it. We'll call you <laughs> Goku. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> on your Nimbus cloud. On my Nimbus cloud, yeah. <laughs> Shit. Uh, last on the last podcast, I re-listened to this in preparation for the show. You gave me a lot of good ideas for future shows, like the salt. You talked about Solarium and the Romans, and you also talked about. Uh, I made. I incorrectly said uh, psilocybin. Yeah. <laughs> and you're like, oh, that's another show for another day. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> so we're here now. Why don't you tell us a little bit about your psilocybin uh, understanding or? Or people you might have known who have taken it or Absolutely. anything like that. Uh, I, I think uh, that is so cool. Okay. Shit. This is like a fantastic freaking conversation. <laughs> I, am, I am full of so much gratitude right now. Uh, so psilocybin is actually obviously what is in magic mushrooms or um, chocolates. You can right. get them in chocolates and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And it is what just changes up the the chemistry of the brain in a way that, and by no means, I'm not any doctor, so don't ever do any of the thing, or don't ever, just don't. It's a disclaimer. Right, right, right. don't be a dick. Yeah. I'm just telling telling my story. But I think the thing that's really cool about psilocybin, at least, is that there's been a whole bunch of studies of... PTSD, trauma, mm-hmm. and like going through really shitty experiences. And then those experiences just being reframed and reorganized with the brain. I, I truly believe that anyone that wants to have, that wants to and actually chooses to and goes down the hard route, in my experience at least, they can go through the hard route of therapy to change first it starts with wanting to change the individual right like themselves Mm -hmm. so taking away the characteristics or the people that they're around because you are the sum of the five people you spend the most time with right 
And I think when you want to really, really, really change, you're either going to like go cold turkey, whatever your possible uh, vice is. And vices, it could be yoga. Like there's people mm. that have a yoga vice. They're addicted to yoga. Okay. But because of the fact that it's a health standpoint, it's considered okay. Right. Same with weightlifting. Uh, same with bodybuilding. Bodybuilding alone, it has, um, well, basically anyone that's trying to pursue like health goals, but you look at them and they're like, holy shit, you're fucking ripped. But then again, they look in the mirror and they have body dysmorphia. Mm-hmm. So I think. Yeah. I, I, there's I, extremes. Yeah, there's extremes. And so you can go through like uh, a really long kind of prolonged bout or like myself, and I've definitely had the mushrooms before, uh, you can do a really quick like reorientation. That's what I, I like to call it a reset as well, because at least with psilocybin, it actually helps with new neural pathways. And mm-hmm. the, the way that it's really cool to explain it is it's like if anyone's a skier or a snowboarder, they're, I'm a snowboarder. I'm snowboarding down the exact same path every time. That's our thoughts. And that's what we were talking about earlier about the pictures, mm. about how as we get older, yeah. we take less pictures. So we're going down those, it, it's going down the exact same pathways. Right. And then if you have psilocybin, then you go into the powder. Okay, the fresh nar. Yeah, you go into the fresh nar, brah. <laughs> brah. Chaka brah. Chaka. <laughs> and, so, and so then you're actually creating a new neural pathway that wasn't there before. Okay. Another analogy that I like to think about when it comes to more like um, like thinking too much is, I'm, I'm pretty sure everyone would know this one, but like Bugs Bunny and like, <laughs> like the Looney Tunes. Bugs Bunny and the Tweety Show. When the characters were feeling overwhelmed, they would walk back and forth, back and forth, They'd back pace. and forth, back yeah. and forth. And they would dig themselves in a hole. And that's a mental disorder. Oh, really? Okay. So then, so think of that as a mental disorder. Oh. Because it would be the same line. Because we, the thing that happens with mental disorders is we actually sit in our suffering. Hmm. And we just like deep, deep, deep. We just go into it deep. And it could be anxiety or depression, right? Right. But people always call people out. Like, I think this is ridiculous. Where it's like, oh, you're so depressed. Oh, yeah. And so they're laying in bed. And then it's like, oh, you're so lazy. But then people that are anxious, they're doing a lot of shit. But it's not working out well at all. Right. So it's, yeah. So the psilocybin creates a different kind of construct or a different it's like you're you're thinking in you're not thinking inside the box or outside the box the box doesn't exist that leads me to my next question kyle what are your thoughts on psilocybin and uh psychedelics when it comes to destroying the ego absolutely and what Uh, are your thoughts on the ego generally yeah i'm definitely down for going down that rabbit hole because that's more like philosophical that's not even like freaking that has nothing to do with even psilocybin, but I like to think of uh, ego being an acronym for e- easing greatness out. Ooh, <laughs> that's awesome. You weren't expecting that one, no. were you? Hey, no, that's good. Yeah. 
So the ego is not bad. <laughs> it is not our enemy. Right. There is a book that I love and it's called Ego is the Enemy. Uh, Ryan Holiday. Yeah. yeah. And I love that book. And I actually, the ego really is not our enemy. Our ego is trying to protect us from harm. Not, not from a physical standpoint, from a mental standpoint. Right. In the, in the way where we experience this, uh, let's say we experience rejection. Mm-hmm. So our ego is there to be like, maybe you shouldn't reach out to that person because they, some, it's a different person. Just keep that in mind. Oh, okay. So person A rejected you and you're like, ah, oh, shit. And then you're looking for person B, C, D, E, F, whatever. Right. But every, every part of the alphabet, I guess, your ego is trying to be like, maybe you shouldn't reach out to them because you're rejected before. Mm. So that's what our ego does. And I, I just put in like a snarky. I like that. I put it into a snarky uh, like tonality mm-hmm. because that's something that helps me get over the ego. Understanding what, understanding it's, um, it's Is there to protect me. Right. But I don't need it right now. Gotcha. So like you can, you can say things like, you know, you know what? Like you can give it a name or you can just call it ego. Mm-hmm. You can be like Larry, <laughs> but you could be like, you know what ego? Like I understand what you're saying to me. I'm glad that you're here for me, Yeah. but I don't need you right now. Yeah. I'm not in danger. I need to feel this out. And this goes with the stress threshold part. Right. Shit. We're going, one uh, thing I'm going to freaking toss out there is there is always wonderful freaking like full circle conversations every time we chat. It is really freaking slick. It's it's awesome, man. And yeah, I love. I would I would call you a philosopher of sorts because you have a lot of you've thought about a lot of this stuff. You can tell you've uh, you studied things, you've looked at things, and um, that's why I love talking to you. And that's why I had you were my first guest for a reason, man. It wasn't an accident. So thanks, brother. Uh, this is Akeem's dream show, and. Uh, Listen, when I had my first guest on the docket, I said, I have to find a dreamer and a philosopher. So there you were, buddy. I, you know, Harry Potter couldn't come on. So you, had, <laughs> you know, the philosopher stone. So well, you, were, you were up next. So, uh, yeah, but no, I would have to hundred percent agree with you. And I thank you for the kind words, but with regards to the ego, hundred percent, like when I've done a few psychedelic experiences and I remembered set and setting and mm. making sure that you have a good intention around it, which is important for anything, right? Can I pot? Yeah, yeah. Go, yeah go I think it. I think people uh, underrate the well, the, underrate the intention behind it, and I definitely think environment and the surroundings is most important as well, because uh, I don't look at it as like I like to call it like bro high, yeah, or bro drunk. It's like it's just getting high just to get high. Yeah, that's not what it's for. That's In my not always for. Yeah. I totally agree. Yeah. I totally agree. Like for me, I like not treatment by any means, but it's a really good way for just clarity. Right. And people don't want the clarity, but they need the clarity. So I, mm. I think I think that's why people need to have like a higher stress threshold. Yes. Physical things. I definitely would not say someone that is like really going through things. <laughs> 
freaking, oh, yeah, I heard it on a podcast. Let's go have a mushroom trip. Which, realistically, I don't even feel that bad because Joe Rogan said that a bajillion times. Right. There's worse things to do. But listen, Joe Rogan will also say the exact same thing that you that you kind of uh, really espouse, which is, yeah, do your psychedelics. That's but right. he's a big advocate of drinking enough water, going outside, exercising. Scheduling. Scheduling, scheduling your workouts. Exactly. So yeah. if you can, if you have a healthy lifestyle, you have a good approach to life, you focus on your 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 stress your um your fitness and you're able to uh what's the what's the chemical in the brain you were referring to before um it wasn't a chemical well you can or the hippocampus right the hippocampus the hippocampus so if you can get that to grow and that would all obviously well anything with the brain for like at least psilocybin it just reconnects things reconnects things you can you can it's it's possibly going to be there for alzheimer's and dementia treatment yep and also depression freaking yeah especially and ptsd too yeah, 100%. And, oh, my gosh. Even better. They're actually doing it in Calgary. Mm-hmm. Calgary. <laughs> I was pointing in the right direction. But uh, they're actually doing a combination of therapy along with psilocybin Perfect. treatments. Oh, my gosh. That's going to be a game and changer. And people are just yeah so much better. Because it's, it's, ve- so it's, it's the vehicle that will expedite the process. Like Because it does... Like, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's one of those things, like, there's a lot of documentaries. There's a lot of information on it now. And I'm glad that the culture is now going to a point where they understanding there's... It's probably... I, I'm, I'm speaking out of a place of ignorance and very limited research, but I have done research. I, I, I interpret it as the least harmful nar- narcotic slash drug you can take because it only alters your brain. It doesn't alter your, your cardiovascular system. It doesn't alter your... Mm your circulatory okay, gotcha. it doesn't alter your circulatory system correct it doesn't alter your cardio yeah your so your lungs your heart your 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 electrical like it doesn't harm any of that stuff yeah it, the only problem with it is it could be a, a it could result in psychosis as far as i understand like that's the only thing i know yeah that's if someone like goes guns a blazing and one thing i'll toss out there on that one as well <laughs> I have not gone down the route of psychosis on that one, okay? (laughs) (laughs) It looks like you were expecting a story there. I was just like, oh my goodness, this is getting juicy. But not to the point of psychosis. (laughs) But the thing that, this this is the toughest thing with psychedelics. How okay are you within yourself? Right. Yeah. That's. That I think, yeah. I think yes. Uh, I think nighttime is always the best time. Mm-hmm. Well, actually, daytime is really good too. But I also liked how that rhymed. Mm-hmm. But uh, fire fire pits yeah. when you're like yes, chilling yes, in the cell, like, yes. Oh my gosh, that's amazing. The people that you're around. Yep. But I think the common in nature, denominator. Yeah. I think the common denominator. Because so those are also controllable factors. Mm-hmm. But I think when yeah. Because thankfully, like, my, my theory is the way that someone is in an altered state or inebriated is actually their base level. Mm, yeah, it's true. And because for me, like, my base level is, like, fun, lovey-dovey, and I would definitely fall on my face for sure. Yeah. And I definitely have. And so... But it's still lovey-dovey. Like, I'm still loving people. But people are also angry. Mm. 
And so they bring out that anger when they're like inebriated and stuff like that. And I think, I think because of the, the uh, oh, let's say it's alcoholic because that's the most common one. Because no one's angry off of fucking weed. Right. Like who's ever fought over <laughs> weed? Snoop Dogg you said forget it about the best. It. Yeah, what do you say? He said in a documentary that Kendra and I were watching, he said, if you put if you put a beer in the middle of a table mm-hmm. and there's like a group of like ten people around, mm-hmm. they're all gonna fight over that beer. But if you put a joint in the middle of the table, <laughs> everyone's gonna share the joint. Wow. Some wisdom there. But that was a that was a cool one. But when people I, I think when people are really inebriated or an altered state of consciousness, mm-hmm. they have to become aware of themselves. Mm-hmm. And some people don't like that and people project. Yeah, I think that And it's it's really tough and scary in some situations where where they're not like acknowledging it. Is it safe to say that doing psychedelics, anything that's mind altering is the same as getting rich. Like it will just make you more of what you already are. So if you're not in a good place mentally, maybe you shouldn't, you know, like, is that what you're referring to? Like the, who who you are as a person, like, like say, let's say you are um, default angry all the time, or you got a lot of issues in your life you're trying to work through. Maybe doing psychedelics is not the best time for you. It's not the best time for you to do psychedelics. Like if you're, if you're not healthy in your own space and your own kind of like person, if you don't have good boundaries within your own kind of aura, um, it might not be the best uh, road to go. Uh, like the same way that if you're like a terrible person and a degenerate, getting rich won't solve any of your problems. It'll just make you broker faster. I'll, I'll actually toss this one out there. I actually think if someone, if someone is being rich is never the evil but the amount of like bringing in money will show who the person is right exposes who they are really. exposes who they are yeah. yeah and i think i think in one route you can have all the things you want without the backlash of realization right but you're still just a dick but in the other route you're forced right. to acknowledge yourself. I got you. I see what you're saying now. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, it, if you're rich, you can kind of, you'll have a bunch of groupies. But the, yeah, the, the, the psychedelics, I think, is powerful. And I'm really excited for the next 10, 20 years because I think it's going to really change how people, um, I think it's going to be like one of the biggest breakthroughs. That in the metaverse, <laughs> of course. Uh, yeah, we'll have to talk about that one too. Then <laughs> imagine doing psychedelics while jet working out in the metaverse oh, with, shit. Like, with a couple of whiskey in your hand. Honestly, that that was like freaking. That's too much. Eh? No, it wasn't too much. I think I could handle it. <laughs> you could one hundred percent. You could. I, You'd sleep just, good that it's night. It's just it's just because I would have like a really open mind to it, right? Yeah. So I I would just be like okay with it because I'd be like. I want I want if I'm going to try something I'm going to go all in. Mm. So that that's like I for ayahuasca. I oh, want to yeah. do I want to do like an all in ayahuasca trip as well. Go to Peru? Yeah. 
we should you talk to our mutual friend there from the yeah 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 we'll definitely do that one yeah because i uh i helped him get to the airport there that one day well for his trip to peru for that ayahuasca trip so uh which mutual friend was that one uh earls nice uh irish junior high uh yeah when he went yeah we were we were in junior high with him yeah oh yeah same one yeah yeah same guy nice yeah, yeah. Cool. Uh, but, uh, yeah, he went in 2017, told me about it, the ayahuasca trip. It was uh, really um, game-changing, you know. I'm not – oh, I think – he would love that, actually. That's totally something that – how did – his transformation was awesome, guaranteed. Totally, yeah. Um, that would be a, such a good one. Yeah, he's one of those guys that's just, like, super, Shit. super bright, really good person. Uh, he's making a huge bounce back in a major way. He, I agree. When we uh, did our first podcast, he listened to it. And he's like, Akeem, I laughed so hard when you said, Kyle, have you ever not had a six pack? Because <laughs> everyone knows it's kind of no. like an under, it's, no, it's kind of like an open secret. Like Kyle's never had a boiler, you know, like a, like true. a Randy guy. I've had a little bloat. Sure. Yeah. But it's gone away pretty quick. Oh, yeah. <laughs> everyone feels terrible for you. Son of a bitch. <laughs> that was funny. <laughs> And I could see him saying that too. Yeah. Bastard. Yeah, man. That's good for you though. I mean, uh, Billy, visceral fat's probably the worst fat you can have. And uh, listen, I have a little bit, but I, my goal in life is to never have a gut. That's my goal. Not saying, I'll, goal. Not saying I'll hit it, but I think that uh, the visceral fat is a problem. <laughs> we, well, it actually, yeah, you, you'll be fine. Yeah, I think. Yeah, cause I'm pretty active and all those things, but I think that uh, it's, yeah, linked, yeah. it's linked to a lot of... Uh, do you know what I mean? Oh, what's his name? Peter Atia was just on Joe Rogan, and he was talking about. He's a he's a med, he's a he's an MD from U of T, but he talked about in the podcast about the mortality rates mm-hmm. uh, versus the uh, the longevity of your life, and he said you are five times more likely to live longer if you have a high VO two max, yeah. um, and you are fi- you are ten times as likely to die if you have a low VO two max. That's like, fair. That's that's the uh, that's the ratios. I think one that would be really cool, just that I've heard. I love that one because VO2 max is like, that's pretty legit because that's, that is not only how much, how much work you can output, Mm -hmm. like, uh, like cardiovascularly, uh, it could be a sprint. It could be long, uh, long distance. Mm -hmm. It could be, there's a lot that can go into that one. Right. That's so crazy. But one thing I'll actually toss out there on that one as well is, um, how, how well our spines move. Right. Because I actually heard like, because we only move up and down. We're literally sitting now. Right. right. And so that's also a component that's really important where we we should move, like rotate a lot more as well. Mm, that's a good and point. And I think, I think spine health also adds to the longevity. I've so never then, heard that before. So we'd health. be going VO2 max and then spine health, which okay. realistically both of them are pr- pretty important. For sure. Like dude. actually saying it out loud, like, after this conversation, I'm like, that is so obvious. Why aren't we doing that? You know, it's interesting. The spine isn't really focused on VO2 max. It is in like small circles. Like if you're like an Olympic runner or whatever, but uh, that totally makes sense, right? Because your lungs is kind of like the, um, it's almost like the coal factor in your body, like your ability mm. to move and like rest and how, and how fast you can get back to resting heart rate. Mm. I just joined a gym where I'm like running on a treadmill and you do sprints, so you do sprint for a minute, and then you you uh, you have a minute to break, 
and I'm trying to push the speed up so I see how fast my body recovers before we do another one. And it reminds me when I was playing football, we used to do sprints, you, it sprints right? And it was meant to emulate the game because you know, you break the huddle, you do a play, and if it's a long play, you're just going, 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 and then you have to go back to the huddle, run another play really quick. So your body has to recover really quick, and that's really important. And also your spine too, like your body, your football is re really kind of makes your spine in a vulnerable place um, if you don't hit right. Um, so, well, yeah. not only that, but, oh, that's a good one. One thing we had that football didn't have, in, in my opinion, is at least rotational movement. Right. Like you weren't only moving forward, backward. You also move in left, right, diagonal. Like oh yeah. Well, re receivers, moves. receivers and DBs, um, like football receivers, they look, they do yeah. a lot of like the. But you're right. Like if you're just in the trenches, so they would be the healthiest VO2 max. Oh, have you seen those guys? Person. That is true. In the they NFL, actually totally are. They're they're completely. That jacked. is true. I can't even. They're disagree. like they're the gazelles. Okay, I got a question for you. Yeah. Because I have, I have my idea, and it's completely not sports-related opinion. Sure. But I, I'm curious, for, for football specifically, who do you think is the best all-around athlete's position? It oh. doesn't, it does, not, not person, not person. But if you were to be like, this one position is the best all-around fittest individual so the answer is the answer is a, offense the answer offense, i guess on the okay well and maybe defense too okay so the answer is a coin flip on the offense it's a running back and then on the oh, defense the yeah. defense it's the db so the guy the corner oh yeah because he the amount of speed you have to have because so what happens as a db is you're backpedaling and then the receiver makes a move and he normally gets by you yeah. your job is to make up five or six steps in a matter of a few seconds against the best athletes in the world. So you have to have makeup speed, heavy torque, heavy acceleration, and the ability to jump super. So like they're the best athletes on the field, in my opinion, either the running back Shit. or the DBs. If you look at the NFL rosters, anybody listen to this, go to the NFL roster, type in like, I don't know, Tennessee Titans or Philadelphia Eagles and type in the running back and then type in the DB. Look at their height, weight, and then look at their 40 times at the combine. So 40 yard dash, Typically, yeah. the average person can get it done in about a five. five the average is like five point one for like the average pedestrian. What do you think? We, so, what do you think? Do you, you think I could do it in a five? You, you could do sub five. You could probably you do four so? nine. Shit. I could probably do four eight, four nine. You know, we're thirty. We're no, in the thirties now. Yeah, but we're both pretty quick. Yeah, it's just uh, but so, so these guys to give you reference the okay. DBs. Yeah. Typically, it's receivers and DBs who have the fastest 40s, but on average, at the NFL Combine, to be considered, it's like 4-3 to 4-4. Four, four. So think about like one second. 0.7 seconds is fat. That's like how much faster they are than the, the, the public. So these guys, to answer your question, running back on the offense, corner, who is the guy covering the receiver on the defense. The running backs, the running backs are beasts. Like, so the running backs are a little bit bigger. They're stockier, they're shorter, but I they're not, maybe not as like long speed fast. Long speed fast, but they're and quick. That's where the DBs go in. They're, 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 the DBs have a long speed and acceleration, and the running backs do. But the, the running backs do too. But the running backs are also built like they're built like tanks, so they're like low to the ground, yeah. like fucking brick shit houses. Two, five foot nine. I think the average uh, running back size is five nine two oh eight, but you know as much fat as this table. Do you know I, what I mean? I think I think running backs. 
because running backs and DBs are actually mine as well, and I actually don't know shit about football. Right. Other than like positions and just when I'm watching, because I'll watch it because I like to drink beer. Of course. <laughs> with people that like to watch sports. Sports. It's awesome. Yeah. Sports. <laughs> and uh, and so I'll, I'll I'll watch it and I'm like, oh shit, that person's fucking he. Because the thing that's awesome about football is that they're uh, they're specific. They're specialists. Right. They're specialists at that position. Right? Yeah. But I think a DB and a running back could go into rugby. Oh. And just as something out there, rugby is like a combination. Like if soccer and football had a baby, that's yeah. what I think rugby is. That's what I think rugby is. I'm not saying I, agree. I, I I'm not saying that football players are not awesome athletes. I'm not saying that soccer players are not awesome athletes. I'm just saying that rugby players are like the most well-rounded athletes. Yeah, definitely. Like I mean, if you use the analogy of a specialist versus a generalist, um, the generalist, um, if you were to put him, if you put a rugby player and you taught him how the basic the basic stuff at the at the position and he was able to do it, he'd have a better chance of succeeding because he is more well-rounded, I think. I so, think so, too. As a football player. Yeah. Like, for example, Tim Debo back in the day. Tim Tebow oh. was like a six foot three, 240-pound quarterback, but really he could have played any position in football. He could have been a D-end. He could have been a linebacker, maybe not a corner, but he, like, he was such a good athlete, quote-unquote, and such a big dude. Matter. It doesn't matter. You put him at any position on the field. He's going to crash it. Yeah, that's why in, in football we call them – we call them football players and athletes. So you have, oh, okay. I see what you're saying. So the football. I think that's good. I think that's good though. That's healthy actually. Yeah. I think. So a guy who's huh. like a football player, like you can put him in any position. Like even if he's a quarterback, like a Cam Newton or something, you put him at receiver, he'll do it. Because he's a, he's a football player first, right? Do you know I didn't I mean? even think of that. Yeah. Dude, that's awesome. And that's, wow. That's actually a, that's a solid reframe for me actually. Yeah. I really appreciate and that. And rugby players, to your point, like I mean, they're 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 really good at doing anything. You can play the flanker, you can play the hook, you can play the wing, right? You can do you can be in the scrums. Yeah, so, you can be the eight man. And I mean, I, I always went with blind wing. You can always always be wings, but I always like being in the biz in the biz as well. Dude, you were a really good chase down guy. I was yeah. I, I, I've made this point now three times between the two episodes. But I, I'll never forget that. It's burned in my memory. This this poor fucker was just running down the sidelines, and Kyle had a beat on him. Oh, yes. Holy shit, man! You, ha I'm not sure. Like, I'm probably being hyperbolic by saying you had like saliva coming out of your mouth. No, I was but probably vicious on that one. Oh, dude, man, you 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 hit him so hard, and it was a chase down run, like chase down tackle. Yeah, I was like, oh, what did this guy do to Kyle's mom? Do <laughs> you know what I mean? What happened? You steal? You steal the church's money? <laughs> what the hell happened here? But anyways, no, that's yeah. Totally true. Yeah. So yeah, it's it's fun. Sports is good. Um, do you when when you're kind of talking to your clients and people you're working with, mm -hmm. do you like to think about the um, the frame the framework of like being athletic? Like, do you want them to be agile, or are you training for them to be able to ward off uh, an attacker in a fight, or like what is the what is the perspective that you want them to be world ready for when it comes to just general athleticism? General athleticism. Uh, I want them to be able to 
I say just move simply. Move simply? I, I think uh, people want overcomplicate things. Mm-hmm. And I just want to make sure that people have stability. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have core strength. Mm-hmm. If they're going to fall on ice, they know how to brace themselves. Right. So it's, it's I, I go from a very like, this is probably going to happen in the next, this possible movement, like slipping, or I just want people to be strong in all kind of areas, like lateral movements, perpendicular, like all kind of movements. And from what you've seen in people, what is the most underdeveloped muscle? It's, I don't think it's an underdeveloped muscle. The brain? Oh, shit. That was a good one. Sorry. I'm being an I asshole. Totally, no, I totally should have went with that. That was so or the heart, better. Or the heart. I don't know. Oh, the heart's so good, too. <laughs> okay, physically. Yeah. Physically. Yeah. I would say it's not a strength, but people need to stretch out their hips more. Their hips. Yeah. Gotcha. And that's like a tactical advice kind of thing. It's like just stretch out your hips. Because like we're sitting right now, right? Mm. We've we've literally sat across from each other at many points from grade seven to when we graduated. Yeah. In classrooms, yeah. Then combine that so this is just like what we know. Combine that with what everyone's doing for work. So I think I think stretching out the hips is really important because it actually decreases lower back pain. Mm. It actually uh, creates better posture. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You just reset your posture on that one, I hey? Sure, I sure did, buddy. Yeah, I'm going to definitely call you out. Of course, one. man. Yeah. But uh, I also did that too, to be honest, because now we were talking about I'm now like, oh, shit. Oh, I got to correct myself. But uh, really important with the hips because... Mm-hmm. It goes around from the obliques. It goes into the lower back. So people think, oh, my back really hurts. But it's actually hip pain mm. and not lower back pain. And that it's just that's known as referential pain. Do you think people sit too much? Yeah. But I think s- sitting is definitely important. Mm-hmm. But I think people just need to get up more often. Mm. And that you can have that with alarm. You can have that with like we could have done this podcast standing true or even walking that's that's exactly yeah uh, yeah 100 percent. this is just that's all it is so i mean yeah. okay so walking yeah you're right isn't that the first thing for um seniors to break is their hips or like there's that a, one i'm not too sure broken about. hips I hear, I hear a lot about a lot of about a lot of a lot about broken hips when it comes to senior citizens like that's one of the first things to break if they fall on ice or something well, like they that fall on ice. yeah but if they have like the stability and mobility in the first place, then, then you'll be able to course yeah. correct and yeah. Because keep in mind that our like our parents, our grandparents, and our great grandparents, other than like our great grandparents that freaking went to World War Two, mm-hmm. they were probably moving pretty good. Agreed. I think that the but off- outside of that, I think the office culture and the, uh, the the amount we're sitting every day. It is alarming. Like, have you ever seen that graphic or that picture of humans from, like, uh, Homo sapiens to or uh, sapiens to like us in a desk? Yeah, it's alarming, it, man. It, it almost looked like it was revolving. Oh shit! We've no, regressed. That was, that was actually horrible. We've advanced technologically, but we've regressed physio- physio- uh, physiologically. I think. To add to that, I actually think our brains got better, but I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. 
But one thing I'm also going to toss out there on that one is that our environment is actually evolving faster than our brains evolving. Mm, The built environment. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's why, that's why a lot of like the mental disorders is actually popping up as well Mm. because our brains are still used to primitive hunter gatherer kind of styles of survival kind of components. And so it's like simple as someone like being like, I'm not, I'm not sure if I, I'm not sure if I, it, it went from maybe the brushes are there for a saber tooth tiger to I'm just not going to go out and I'm going to interact on social media. <laughs> you asked me if people are too bored these days. Do you think people need to be stressed out more or do you think people? <laughs> Absolutely. Okay. But what's your second part? That was, that was kind of it because I think that, um, I think we don't have enough problems these days. I agree. I agree. Do you know what I mean? Yep. Like it's, uh, it's, and I think that when we don't have enough problems, we make up things and we make, not make up, but we, we will build, we'll build boogeymen to build, to fight. Our, our psych, our brains are actually wired for that. So that goes into this exact same thing, which dude, you gotta like listen to the audiobook comfort crisis like comfort crisis it's an audiobook it's okay. so good and it's it's true like it's the way that i found this guy his name is michael easter i don't even know this guy just like a shameless shout out Ooh, shout like out that. michael <laughs> i love the alliteration but he was on a joe rogan podcast and he was actually just talking about like a segment just a segment and he's like the comfort crisis and what he was talking about i was like ah shit this is so right and then joe rogan popped up and was like the thing that's shitty about your book but that's also good about your book is that people can't argue it yeah 100 percent. people yeah because it's obvious now we are so we are living in such decadence and levels of recreation that have never been seen before. Totally, totally, like, like, without a doubt. To me, like if you can watch two movies a night, you are living in world level records of recreation. Do you know what I mean? That's levels of recreation we've never seen before. Exactly. Before it was like holy shit. It's like a new movie every like year. Year, yeah. And that's why blockbusters were like freaking crazy. And then we actually take those movies that were freaking crazy good at that time. Dude. And then show them to even our generation. Because I'll look at it. I understand that James Dean oh, yeah. is like an icon Rebel at without that a cause. time. Yeah. But I still think his movies are shit. Okay. Because of the experience that oh. I have with these movies, right? Yeah. But as a, 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 I'll, I'll look at it as objectively and actually be like, oh no, I can respect him as an actor, yeah. Because he actually changed a lot of things, like the, the like what I'm doing right now, actually. Yeah, the white like, shirt with the yeah. This is James Dean stuff. Hundred percent, buddy. And that was honestly, I think <laughs> I just fucking look good so that's why that's why i went for it uh, crispier than a bag of chips buddy yeah what's that when it comes to movies um when it comes to fitness what are some movies that have kind of stood out to you like when it comes to the space 
or when it comes to just your general philosophy, which are, what movies have you have, uh, like if someone, if one of your clients was like trying to make this work and trying to be mm-hmm. successful in their role um, under your stewardship, what movie would you re- refer them to? Is there a movie that you kind of commonly refer? Like Rocky or something or Pain and Gain or something like that? So Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets or? Definitely not, honestly. <laughs> Daniel Radcliffe has put on a little bit of mass, but <laughs> he can still, I don't know, he can put on more if he wants, really. He's crushing it, so, so if he feels fulfilled, that's cool. But, uh, okay, I'm going to switch it up. Okay. Not switch it up in a bad way. I just want to understand better. Yeah, yeah, sure. So, I think my mindset training methodology mm-hmm. is still routed in one specific movie because it also inspired me in other ways. 300? Yeah. Oh, I got it. <laughs> but not, not just, not just because of, um, not just because, just because of 300. Uh, I can tell you about, about the, what did you like? actually trained them? And oh. I would actually say like, uh, I, most influential, it actually all works out. So most influential shows, movies, Spartacus. Oh yeah. Sand. The, the, the sixties one with, uh, no, with Kirk no, Douglas, the two thousands one Oh. with Andy Whitfield, who's passed away. RIP. And he's awesome. So the first Spartacus blood and sand, also 300. Mm-hmm. Both of those shows obviously are like mental toughness, resiliency, and those are inspirations to me. And then I learned from their trainers. So oh. for, for the movie 300, the original one, and the, the second one, uh, Mark Twight. Okay. He, Mark Twight from, uh, it's from Salt Lake City, Utah, uh, Jim Jones Mm -hmm. and his coach, his main coach at the time was actually a fellow named Bobby Maximus, who's actually from Ontario. Maximus. Yeah. And he was also a UFC fighter. And I really appreciate like his components as well. So I, I act like the way they trained was also a part of their, lifestyle and i i really appreciate that did they research like roman uh or sorry not roman greek uh greek training methodologies from the i i don't think they did but if i were to gander they wouldn't want to because they actually had a significant amount more grain and they oh. actually or added a big gut l- yeah, bloating, guys yeah because that actually acted as a natural armor <laughs> What? Yeah. So a sword will hit the gut and yeah. bounce off. Because the leaner, no, it's still cut I see in, what you're saying. but yeah. it was a little bit less deep. Because <laughs> if you're super, super lean, right. then you're just going to go, oh, abs, liver, done. Yeah, I got you. And that's that's it. So they're actually a little bit more plump. Mm. Not, not overweight, plump. Kyle, isn't this a bit on the nose? Your name is Warrior Body Kyle. So yeah. you like warrior movies? Yeah, weird, hey? You're making way too much sense, bro. Honestly, <laughs> I'm actually realizing it now. 
By the way, Kyle, you bring a little bit. You bring a little bit extra like clarity to my life that I actually <laughs> didn't even think of, and I was like, "Holy shit!" Hey, these guys in the movies have warrior bodies, right? And listen, if we were to break it down even more, their warrior bodies, Kyle, which is a straight or a channel, so warrior body, Ooh. warrior body channel, which is what your YouTube, you, which is what you what your uh, Instagram is. It's a channel about warrior bodies, and your name is a channel. What, <laughs> dude? That was actually pretty good too. <laughs> Where do you even freaking? <laughs> That is awesome, actually. Yeah. Shit, I didn't even think of that. That is so cool. Oh, yeah, you're a channel in a straight, and you're a warrior. It's the Warrior Body Channel. That is awesome. Warrior Body Cow. Dude, your freaking roundabout on that one is <laughs> savage. <laughs> okay. I feel like I have to come up with something. <laughs> no, you're good. You're no, good. I don't. I'm not going to come up with Yeah, yeah, yeah you're good. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I'm inspired by movies. I'm inspired by fitness and uh, working out, exercise. Uh, uh, one one morning after I watched Rocky, I actually went for a run. I went. I woke up at like five thirty, ran through the city. I did one shot of like a raw egg, and I was like, "That's not for me." So I only did it once. But I have not done a raw egg before. What was it like? We'll edit this out. It was great. <laughs> <laughs> Nice. Because I'm actually probably going to do it too. We want people to know that you're certified. And I think, no, I'll still isn't it. it part of the personal trainer test that you have to like do a raw egg shot or something like that? No. <laughs> Not at all. <laughs> but there was one challenge. There was one challenge where it could have a really good collaboration. Okay. And uh, it was a fella, his Instagram's Liver King. And he's like, Liver he, King. He eats like raw, like oh. liver and everything, <laughs> like crazy. <laughs> But he had a challenge. He's like, I challenge you just to have one shot of an egg. Oh, my God. And then he had 50. He had 50. Oh, fuck. And so if you're saying it's not that bad, then I'm just going to do that. So hopefully I get a little attention from that. Dude, <laughs> an extra 1,000 followers minimum. <laughs> Probably. He's over 25,000. Like oh, yeah. He's way up there. It's ridiculous. It's and good, he's also jacked as fuck. And he's like 60-something. It's a good name. I mean... uh is there any, are you into endurance challenges? Like when it comes to like unbroken streaks or like doing workouts every day or kind of what's your, wait, this is a question I can't believe I haven't asked. What is your personal workout routine? Oh shit, that's actually a really good one. Cause you're, you, like, I've seen what you do for other people and all that stuff. And I've seen on your YouTube channel right lately that you've been posting these uh, like how to's for different workouts and exercises. Yeah, yeah So it, are those just for show or like, is that kind of just like. That's uh, what I do as well. That's what you do as well. So what, what I post is also what I do. Gotcha. Uh, and then there's going to be people that can do it and can't do it. And then they can always reach out and then just like say, hey. Blah, blah. But. Um, so Kyle, what are your fitness goals? Like do you have the ability, do you want the, do you want to be able to jump 40 inches or do you want to be able to have uh, a nine pack instead of an eight pack? Like what do you want? <laughs> what's your goals here? Uh, I, my, my goals are mostly mental. And uh, tossing out there. <sighs> totally calling me out, but this is going to be my moment. This is going to be um, my accountability moment. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm definitely going to do it because I have no choice now. So I'm going to go down to Florida next year. Okay. And I'm going to do the world's toughest mutter for the second time. 
and it's a 24-hour race, and there's over 40 military obstacles, and you just keep on going over and over and Holy over again. Holy smokes. So now I have to sign up for it because this is my social accountability because I'm going to toss it out there right now. You said it publicly, man. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Honestly. You're going you, to Florida, buddy. If you didn't say anything, I probably would have like. No, no, no. You're going. Not, but now I have to. You're going to Florida, yeah. buddy. Do you want to go? You uh, can also be pit crew. You don't have to do anything. Okay. I'll look you at can my, just come down for the trip. I'd love. Yeah, I love Florida. I went to Miami and uh, Fort Lauderdale. I loved it. So Kendra and I are going like this next month or like in a couple days. Are you serious? Before Christmas? Yeah. yeah. Just for a week or something? Yeah. Two weeks. Oh, sick. We're going to do a road trip with my mom. Oh, no way. Oh, yeah. Anyway, anytime you want to go visit, you're, you're more than welcome. You know my mom loves you. Yeah. Oh, I love her. Jeez, I miss her. She's good times. She's fun. That's fair. Shit. She's now a beautiful, beautiful soul. do that world but you, but, with Mark. But, yeah, but, 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 dude, you got to go and uh, put it on your social. Be like, hey, I said I did. I said I would, and I did. Uh, so I'm actually go. thinking I'm actually thinking about making it to a little bit more of like a uh, put a GoPro on you or something that but I, I want to also have that as like a really cool story year mm. because that would be that there's one there's one fellow his name's Nick Bear and he has like BPN as a supplement company oh yeah Nick like Bear that. I yeah, love yeah. Nick Bear Texas guy Austin guy yeah he's so, awesome yeah. so he, he Long actually did runner. a presentation in my mastermind the other day. Crazy. And he he's did a documentary. Ripped. Yeah, he's fucking insane. So anyways, he, he's also fucking like totally normal as fuck. Yeah. Like super chill. Yeah. But uh, what he said, he, he, he had a documentary. And this is where my inspiration for it is. Fuck it. Let's fucking go. You're going to have to be a part of it because we're just going to record everything. I just came up with that. doesn't have to happen that way. But he had his own little YouTube documentary. is called More Than the Miles. And that's what I want. I would like to have that experience of being the person of people seeing the triumphs and tribulations and just the regular kind of component of life. Mm -hmm. And then those are the people that would also attract his clients because before I actually had that as like a fitness test where I've had 18 freaking eight people do a Tough mutter by themselves. Wow. Or not by themselves, but a solid chunk of them. And they're not all my coaching clients, but they're like a solid chunk. So if I can do something like that to a bigger scale. Dude. But that's such awesome account. I'm going to do I'm going to do the world's toughest mutter no matter what. So Is the world's toughest mutter only toughest in one place? Or is there levels to it? Like no. is the world's toughest mutter the toughest in Florida and then the second toughest in Alberta? Like, how does that work? No, when it's just like, a, just the name, the honestly, I can tell you straight up physically it's, it's easy. It's like one foot in front of the other. That's it. But what if you hit the wall or you that's where the mental part comes in. 
So mm. the mental resiliency comes in. You start thinking it's a about mental, pain. It's a mental, it's a mental uh, test. It's, mm. it's mental. 100%. It's not physical because, yeah, some of the obstacles suck, but they're also a lot of fun. Right. But at the same time, one foot in front of the other, and then you just go for it, and then... There's an old Christmas movie. Yeah. He goes, put one foot in front of the other, and soon you'll be walking out the door. Yeah. Anyways, so, so it's like that, but for 24 hours. <laughs> yeah. Jesus. What, what, um, is it, how's it different from Spartan Race? Uh, you don't have to do the burpees. Gotcha. So that's one selling point right there. Mm-hmm. I think that's awesome. Um, but they don't. They have something that's like equally as long because they have the ultimate spiral as well. But I don't know. For me, I like the. I like the challenge of it. With the the world's toughest mar kind of component. And you've already did it once, right? Yeah. In Alberta. No, Vegas. Oh, sweet. Yeah. That's cool. In the desert. Yeah. Did you have a des- dessert after? <sighs> That was the best and worst joke ever. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. I'm, I'm going to be a good dad. I, honestly, I drank a lot of beer. <laughs> <laughs> actually, I drank beer. I actually went in. I'll actually... The, I actually signed up with it when I was actually at a very difficult point in my life. Okay. And I need to challenge myself in a way that I was never challenged. So I put on my Facebook and I said, I just need a revamp. Mm. I didn't need suggestions. I didn't need therapy. I didn't need anything. I just needed a reboot. A reboot. I needed a challenge. Mm-hmm. That's fair. And so that's why we were talking about like physical challenges are really important yep. because then it actually breaks down the ego and blah, 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 blah. That was my moment. And my buddy Sean, he's like, world's toughest mutter. And I was like, fuck it. Because he was actually trying to convince me to do it for six months before then. Wow. I'm not even joking. What was your apprehension? Like, I didn't want to run 24 hours. Oh. My apprehension is the exact same as anyone else's apprehension. <laughs> Kyle, I thought you weren't normal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah no shit eh? <laughs> you didn't expect that one hey hey listen 24 hours okay so do you take breaks i don't get it like you can't take breaks because okay. you have to have a pre crew as well uh so it was sean's parents that mm-hmm. were our pre crew and i i slept a little bit extra than sean sean was actually going for like a target mm-hmm. i i think i'm gonna work for a target on this one because i messaged sean and i'm like yeah i'm probably gonna do it and I was telling him the exact same that I said na- thing that I said now, but now that it's actually going to be put out there, now I actually have to do it. So I'm actually taking advantage of this as a beautiful social accountability. That hey, buddy. Sucks. Hey, man. If uh, that's what it takes, that's what it takes. Sometimes you need the public to keep you accountable. So I'm it's excited true. to uh, whatever you need help with in the new year to keep yourself accountable. I'm here for you. Uh, I'm excited to see the Fuck. projects 
that you kind of roll out to the public and you have such a good heart and a good, uh, good, uh, mind. Um, and I think people love you for that. And I think people are going to really draw a lot of, um, value from that. So it, the more you can do, the better. So I saw your YouTube, I saw your Instagram, I saw all these things you're pumping out. Um, by the way, if you're, co if those videos are you cooking, well then, uh, that's really good stuff. Uh, that's really impressive. Um, Thanks. and I know you're a good cook, so I've seen the ones on your story where like you're just cooking steak or whatever, but that's true. That's uh, you're really good at that. So, um, Kyle, just continue to be, um, be you because I think you are an amazing blessing and I'm very glad that you ha you were on the show twice. Uh, you had a lot of great things to say. I want to give you the opportunity to, uh, share any parting words or any ideas or any final thoughts with the audience, uh, because this is going to get millions of views over the course of our lifetime. So make it, make it really, make it really hit really good. I think that everyone should always lead with love because I'm literally just a hippie at heart. It's so corny. I know, but we're either progressing solutions or we're just holding things back. And I think it all works within us. And it's honestly, that was the shittiest inspirational anything ever. No, it wasn't. But it was, it was but it, but it is true. Like, like work within yourself more so than anyone else. And when we actually break that down, when we actually deep dive within ourselves, then we can actually figure it out and to figure out how to do that. Cause I always, I want to have the tactical part as well. Just really deep dive into your beliefs, your, your strengths. What is it that any, anything that you can do? Like, I don't know. No, you it's, do. I mean, that's, that's awesome, man. I yeah. mean, lead with love, double down on your strengths, whatever you're good at and, uh, follow warrior body Kyle on Instagram. Yeah. That's all I shoot you. Follow me on Worry by Kyle. Yeah. But also, uh, forgive. I think forgiveness is actually the hardest thing that no one actually wants to acknowledge. That's good, man. But definitely forgive. Yeah. Yeah, that's... Uh, whew. Yeah, it sucks. That's, it, it, it is, but it's, it's, it's important because uh, that's, that's really... That's a great way to, to wrap this up. Kyle, I appreciate you. Love you, brother. Um, uh, thank you for coming on my show once again. Thank you.